You are listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. We've got a great second hour of the show coming up here. We've got an interview with David Bull. Dave and I were classmates uh, in 1990 here at McAllister. And uh, Dave is the owner of the bicycle chain bike shop in Roseville that is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. So we're going to take you back to Thursday when Dave and I sat down for a great chat. Dave, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. Um, you know, obviously, having graduated around the same time uh, as I did, you have a lot of great memories from Mac. Um, but I won't even go back farther than that. Tell, talk a little bit about how you got started with cycling initially. Well, my family was always uh, real active, and my dad would drag us down to Ragbri when we were quite young, and we would ride across Iowa. And so we just always grew up uh, doing active things as a family. And it sort of evolved into that. Nice. And so what, when you think about your passion for cycling, what is it that it, it's at the core of, of your passion for the, for the sport? You know, it's mostly uh, watching people stay fit and active and seeing the quality of life that that brings. And now that I've been doing this for so long, uh, you really see people evolve uh, over time and people that have stayed active uh, really have a much higher quality of life and it's it's fun to see it's it's fun to be part of that process and selling a product that you feel good about yeah have uh, has your passion personally uh, changed over time as you've as you've been in the business oh for sure I used to bike race and was competitive and uh, I haven't done that for quite some time and now I basically commute to work and ride for fitness and uh, try to get out when I can. Nice. How far is your ride to work? Uh, it's a little over five miles. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Just enough to wake you up in the morning. and Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Have you been doing that since you've owned the shop? I have. Good uh, for you. you know, back in the early days, you would hardly see anybody bike commuting. Right. And now on not that i bike a lot in the winter anymore but on a winter day i can see more people commuting than mm -hmm. in the summer back 30 years ago wow wow that's that's an impressive statistic yeah, yeah. i mean a little word of mouth but sure yep and so uh your major at mac was econ right it was yeah and so what was it about your mac education that sort of spurred you into becoming a business owner well, it was, uh, I did happen to do a project in economics where I wrote a business plan for a bike shop. Mm -hmm. I didn't really think it was going to happen, um, but I had been working at a bike shop at the time and knew a little bit about them, and so that's what I did a, a project on, and we actually used that business plan to present to the bank wow. initially. So That's fantastic. And, yeah. and what did the bank say when you, obviously, they said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of banks t turned me down. Yeah, is that right? A lot. Probably a dozen. How, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. How long did it take you? I mean, so you graduated in 1990. Yeah. You opened uh, the shop 30 years ago. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, so about a year after graduation, you yeah. finally got it got it organized. And, and was it that whole time spent trying oh, to get the no. business up? No, uh, I traveled a little bit, um, 
with uh, my roommate after college and kind of trying to decide what to do and just sort of landed on this. And I definitely had help from family. Mm -hmm. So my dad and brother helped out at the beginning. Yeah, I was going to say the, uh, you know, the bike business is notorious for being really hard to get into so much high inventory cost to start out with terrible margins. I mean, you must have had a lot of help to get started. Yeah, it was a lot easier back then. Yeah. You know, the 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 bike catalog in 1990 might have been 50 models right. and it's 350 or more today. Mm-hmm. And parts-wise was so much simpler. Sure. So you just, you didn't need as much inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a good time. It was kind of the the middle of the mountain bike boom as well. Yeah. So did, did you always know that you wanted to start your own business or was it that, that no, business plan that kind of catalyzed it? It was, yeah, it was, uh, I, I didn't know. Um, yeah, I guess maybe halfway through the time period of graduating to starting the shop mm-hmm. sort of decided to do this. Yeah. And, uh, is there, it was one thing that came up on Facebook the other day, uh, McAllister put out a call for stories from alumni of influential professors, people who had an impact on them. As you think back on your time at Mac and your econ major, is there anybody that stands out for you like that? Well, I think the person that really I th- helped me the most was uh, Professor Rosenberg, mm-hmm. Norm Rosenberg, and he, uh, what I'm really grateful to him for is he got me excited about learning, hmm. and you need to learn a lot when you are self-employed, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of self-learning. There's not a lot of people you can go ask questions to if things aren't going right. And just being excited to figure things out on your own was a good lesson. I'm sure. I'm sure. So so the bicycle chain we've talked about has been here for 30 years. Uh, it's been around for 30 years. Um, what's the guiding philosophy? What's the bike shop all about? Well, I try, I try to stay focused on on what I like to do and and what I can do best and um, just embrace a lot of different kinds of customers I think the bike world really has a reputation to be real clicky Mm -hmm. and I have really tried to work hard to be a shop that doesn't feel like that And it is hard to hire diverse uh, employees, but when I can, I try. And I just try to have an attitude here of, of not being, you know, being a real open shop to mm-hmm. a lot of different kind of people. Mm-hmm. When you first came up with the business plan, what was it that you wanted to be your differentiator? I mean, what was it that you saw out in the market that felt like there needed to be something different? You know, I think I remember early on my dad talking about uh, seeing bike magazines and they always had a picture on the front of usually some guy doing some crazy (laughs) stunt or mountain bike move. And, you know, he was always saying things like, you know, why don't they focus more on on fitness and Mm -hmm. lifestyle? And 
that's really kind of sunk in with me and i i think the bike world could use more of that mm -hmm. and you know it's a great lifestyle activity you can use it for transportation it can be social it's one of the last things that families do together mm -hmm. that's exercise and you know we just we could use more of it yeah so how does that philosophy shape the services that you offer or the products that you sell well we try to carry a, a pretty broad mix of products that appeal to uh, people who are getting into it for mm -hmm. fitness and we just try to be open-minded and and not not have that real clicky mm -hmm. atmosphere here so it's not all carbon fiber all the time correct <laughs> right what would you say is the most uh consistent product for you i mean what's the thing that sells the day in day you know, out we still sell a lot of just fitness slash hybrid bikes mm -hmm. are still a big seller and they always have been and that's the kind of unglamorous customer that you know, bike vendors and companies don't talk about a whole lot right. and bike shops don't really talk about a lot, but yep. they still really are a big, a big part of our business. Mm -hmm. and they're, so they're not the spandex goofballs like us, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you definitely don't have to wear Lycra. <laughs> and so you've been here in this location on Lexington Avenue in Roseville for how long? Uh, 27 years here and three years across the street. Okay. So you, but you've been in this neighborhood yeah. the whole time. Yes. Yeah. And how did you choose the location? It was mostly because there weren't a lot of shops around this area. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a void at the time. And, you know, probably the closest shop from us was five miles. And, you know, that changed quite a bit yeah. over time. Yeah. But um, yeah, there, there just wasn't a lot of other bike shops here. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it was a good fit. I mean, obviously you've stayed in the neighborhood for 30 years, so you've become well-established yeah. and well-known. And You know, I think we're close enough to the core city that we get a lot of commuter mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's been beneficial. I think we can kind of draw from outside of the city as well as from the city yeah. and uh, during some of the harder times, some of the recessions where you really relied on that commuter base, uh, mm -hmm. we've been close enough in to the core part of the city where it's sustained us. Yeah. What were some of those early years like? I mean, was it were you able to establish the business pretty pretty quickly, or was it a, a tough slog for a while? Well, you kind of forget, of course. But, <laughs> or block uh, it out. <laughs> I think we opened in January, and I oh, think boy. my first day off was July something. Wow. So, you know, but it, it was exciting. You yeah. know, you're starting something new. Sure. And, and you know, I had the time and mm -hmm. the desire and the energy to do it. Yeah. Do you so, remember what your first bike was that you sold? Uh, yeah, we carried Univega. Uh, at the time, wow. which stood for Star of Italy, and mm -hmm. it was uh, a cross bike. That's great. Like a hybrid. Fun. Yeah. That's. It's good that you remember that. That's. It's got to. It's got to be a great memory. Seeing yeah. that first bike walk out the out the door. Yeah, we didn't even take credit cards at the beginning. Wow. So, <laughs> credit cards were still not the main 
form of payment back right? then. People actually wrote checks and stuff? They did. <laughs> yeah. And so you talked a little bit about the, the neighborhood changing a little bit as far as competition is concerned. You've had a couple move in, a couple big competitors yep. um, who shall remain nameless. Yeah. Um, how does an independent single location business like the bicycle chain compete against people who have 15 or 30 shops? You know, you tr- it it can be difficult sometimes, and it's really hard to compete with their marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just, I've really just tried to focus on doing the doing a good job when I'm here and trying to control the things that I can control. Mm-hmm. And I pay a little bit of attention to what the chains are doing, but if you worry too much about them, it's very very distracting. Yeah. And you sort of lose focus on on what you're trying to do, and mm-hmm. you can't really control what they're doing. Right. So, I try to be aware of them, but not spend a lot of time mm-hmm. dwelling on on it. Uh, the past couple of years, that's changed a little bit because it is so difficult to get product. Yeah. And I have really tried and tried my best to push all the buttons with the vendors to make sure we are treated fairly. Mm-hmm. It's got to be tough when you're competing directly product for product with with one of those big chains. Yeah. Yeah, that's it can be, be a, a real a real challenge. I mean, the one nice thing about the big chains is they have they charge high prices. Mm-hmm. And so price pricing is easy to compete with. Mm-hmm. And I think it, we can definitely differentiate on service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does your team look like here? Who, who do you employ and how does that make up what the shop is able to do? Uh, we have about five to 15 employees at any time and, you know, quite a mix of, of different interests mm-hmm. and, you know, the people that I've, I like to employ are people that are really interested in cycling mm-hmm. and that could just be commuting. Mm-hmm. It could be racing. Um, but I just, I like to find people who love bikes Yeah, and they tend to have a lot of passion for doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And that that's important to find people that care about what they're doing is it makes my life easier. It's better for everybody. Yeah. As you, you've seen a lot of trends come and go, you've seen a lot of ups and downs in the business. What are some of those things that you know you have seen come on and stay that you've really been impressed with and you're glad became part of the business? Well, I think the fitness and the commuting part of it has really grown mm-hmm. and stayed and it's been real solid. Mm-hmm. And that, that has been uh, fun to see and I'm, as a bike commuter, um, I'm a big advocate for it, mm-hmm. and I'd like to see that continue to maintain and grow. Yeah. It's certainly communities all over the Twin Cities are making a big investments in, in that effort. Yeah. And whenever they put in bike infrastructure, it gets used. Yeah. I, mean, I remember one of the first times biking on a sort of a bikeway, mm-hmm. and 
getting stuck behind some riders at a stoplight and just being annoyed. Like, what are all these bikers doing <laughs> here? It's a traffic jam on the bike way. like, wait a second, this is awesome. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's, my, it's fun to see that stuff. Yeah. And I, you know, I have to say, um, it's on my side of town over in, uh, in uh, Richfield. They've done an amazing job of putting in bike infrastructure. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, they've got off-street bike uh, paths and bike lanes all over the city. Yeah, it's it's fantastic to see, and they're even putting it on some of the busiest streets in town. On, on Portland Avenue is a great example. I mean, they're putting in bike lanes on Portland and getting rid of one lane of traffic, mm-hmm. which is just it's phenomenal. Yeah, the Twin Cities is really a progressive uh, place for bikes and yeah. bike commuting. Yeah. So what are the, as you think back, um, over, over time, what are some of the dumb things that you are super glad aren't here anymore? <laughs> oh, there've been a lot of, of bad suspension designs, mm-hmm. especially in the early days yeah. of dual suspension bikes. And yeah. then as gravel started to get more popular gravel bikes, yep. you started to see some of these old suspension designs reemerge into gravel bikes <laughs> And like suspension just, on a headset? <laughs> I would just have to stop and be like, wow, were you around 25 years ago? Because it didn't work then, and it's not going to work gonna now. It's not going to work now. <laughs> That's funny. And I got to believe, you know, proliferation of, of parts diversity. You talked a little bit about that earlier. I mean, like, there's 800 million kinds of bottom brackets. Right. And that that's one trend that is difficult is the is how many different standards there are Mm -hmm. and you have to sort of keep up on it Um, but the bike industry is not really big enough to sustain that yeah that amount of diversity and standards and long term that's not good right well, especially so. for you as a shop, because then you got to have 800 different kinds of tools and you got to have training for all your staff on every single one. And yep. yeah, it just seems like a recipe for disaster. Oh, I mean, you, when we opened, you, you went to order a bottom bracket and there were probably six sizes. Right. And now you look at the bottom bracket options and you're talking about hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Right. Gone are the days of do you want English or Italian? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, as you think about the business, you know, you've been here for 30 years, which is amazing for any business. Um, where do you see it in 10 or 20 years? Oh, that's a really good question. And I have I have really tried the past couple of years. I, it, it's been so challenging, also very rewarding, but very challenging. And I have really just tried to take it a month or so at a time Mm. because it is when I start thinking too far into the future, it, it, it gets too stressful. Yeah. When you're, when you're looking at your floor, like last year at this time and you have 10 adult bikes on the floor and you know how many dollars a day it takes to keep this place open just to pay the bills um it can be a little intimidating yeah and so i've just tried to take a step back and and almost go day by day and wow and yeah. so was your was your uh 
field of vision longer before the pandemic? Oh, certainly. I mean, I would, I would definitely plan uh, much farther out as far as inventory, mm-hmm. and you would, I would spend a lot of time making inventory decisions and trying to buy smart, mm-hmm. and that really the what I learned in 28 years. I really had to throw out the window the past wow. couple of years wow. and just take what you can get mm-hmm. if it even if it doesn't make sense. Wow. Because you got to have something. You have to have some you can't you can't pay employees when you have zero bikes to sell. Right. So so did you find other vendors to to buy from? Were you just trying to buy other products? Well, we had a our plan B vendor um, delivered 2% of the product we ordered in, wow. in 15 months, they delivered 2% wow. of what we ordered. That's so, amazing. So our main vendor, which is specialized has really been a good partner through this and, uh, you know, gotten us product. That's and great. Yeah. It's not always a product we want to get, but it's something, Yeah, it's a lot better than 2%. And have you found that that consumers, at least during that time, were were patient and understanding, or was it a frustrating time for them too? Yeah, they've been. They've you know part of it is managing people's expectations, mm-hmm. and we have not been selling stuff we can't deliver on, mm-hmm. uh, so that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been. We've had we've had some pretty good couple of years. I bet your service department did did well with people trying to resurrect or keep bikes oh, they yeah. already have yep i'm sure that was a big success for you yep yeah. service is a big part of it mm-hmm. yeah and that's something i don't think the big chains focus very much on yeah well when you're moving bikes at the volume that they do they probably don't have as much time yeah to commit to that as as you might hear yeah yeah certainly there have been a lot of trends that have come into the bike business of late. Um, gravel, we've talked about a little bit. E-bikes are another new big thing. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot. I think you mentioned it at the beginning of the conversation, uh, the idea of trying to diversify the sport, which, you know, is traditionally, you know, sort of has this notoriety of being very white and very male. Um, what are some of the things that you've seen in those areas that you're excited about? And what are some of the things that you see coming down the road? Well, e-bikes are are huge. I mean, they're a huge part of our business. Mm -hmm. It also brings a lot of new people into the sport. I bet. And I personally find it quite satisfying. You know, I had a a 55-year-old woman last year who uh, lived, I think, uh, less than a mile from work, and Mm -hmm. and she couldn't even walk to work. She Mm -hmm. had not exercised for uh, decades. Wow. And she decided to buy an electric bike in order to, to bike to work. Mm-hmm. And her initial goals were real small. And six months later, she's asking me, uh, how can I get this bike to go farther? Wow. Because 50, 60 miles was not enough for her. Wow. And it was customers like that are, are it's just really fun mm-hmm. to see the transition and yeah. the transformation. Yeah. And, it was um, interesting in the, um, Ironman bike ride that we put on this summer, we for the first time had people ask about whether we would allow them to ride an e-bike. And of course we said yes, because it's a great, you know, 
equalizer, like you said, but I was amazed at the number of people who were on e-bikes for yeah. a 60 mile bike ride and, and loving it. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a huge part of the business. Yeah. Yeah. And it is for our vendors too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I mean, certainly they're more expensive, um, and there's probably more maintenance to be done on them. You know, certainly it brings an aspect of service to your, to your shop as well. Um, so I got to believe there's a lot of benefits to you to carry those, those products yeah. as, in addition to just the popularity of them. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what are the other kinds of things that are going on in the industry that are, that are motivating and exciting to you besides just having product back on the shelf again? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the, the gravel bike, uh, which is really just a, a, a nice all around bike. You mm-hmm. don't have to ride gravel with it. Right. Um, it's just a nice fitness bike, kind of do everything mm-hmm. bike. And it, they tend to be real sensible and practical mm-hmm. and, and fun to ride. And so that's, uh, that's been a big increase the past five years and electric bikes and mountain bikes are coming back yeah. as well. Mountain bikes and road bikes kind of like ebb and flow with each other. Yeah. Yeah. They sort of every five to 10 years, one gets stronger, one gets mm-hmm. weaker. Yeah. I think it's the mountain bikes turn this time. It's uh, and with so much infrastructure in mountain biking being built, and that's incredible. You know, the whole uh, complex over at Willow River State Park yeah. um, is going to be incredible for the northeast part of, of the Twin Cities. Yeah. In the mountain bike areas uh, have, have been really well designed. So an experienced biker can have fun mm-hmm. and a five-year-old can have fun yeah. or somebody on a on a cross bike can even go have fun. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have a super fancy carbon bike to go out there anymore. Right. Yeah. So they've the Mork and the trail organizations have really done a great job designing the trails mm-hmm. now. And it's fun to see some of the things too, like in the Minneapolis Bike Parks group that has been working so closely with the Minneapolis uh, Parks and Rec to build pump tracks and you know the the sort of bike park experience for little kids. Yeah, uh, that to me is really fun. There's one just about a mile from my house over at Lake Lake Nokomis. And it's great to see these kids going up on these little tiny teeter totters and over little berms. And yeah, it's uh, that to me is the kind of thing that's really going to make the sport grow in popularity and continue to be successful over time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, getting kids out there. Right. Guys like us aren't, you know, we're, we're, we're getting older and there aren't as many of us <laughs> as kids. Right. And this, right. you know, bike shops like the bicycle chain need to have new customers, right? Yes, they do. Yeah. And so what are some of the things that you're doing in the community to kind of help expand your footprint? Some of the people that you're working with to, you know, gain more awareness of the shop and so on. Well, we worked with uh, a, a local middle school with the uh, Outride Foundation, which specialized uh, funds mm-hmm. and supplied 40 bikes to their middle school bike wow. program. That's fantastic. Um, that, that's one thing we did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work with a youth development cycling team called North Star Development. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Uh, you know, the whole event thing is, has been a little different the past couple of years, but um, I have spent a lot of time out on uh, the MS rides. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's been going on for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. 30 years at least. Yeah. 
So uh, I'm imagining that, you know, it's one of those things where being in the business, working around bikes all the time, it'd be easy for you to lose passion for your own riding. Are you still riding pretty regularly yourself? Or is it just to get to work? Uh, Well, realistically, most of it is to get to work, (laughs) but I still get out. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I... I probably still get out three to four times a week. Good for you. What's so, your uh, What's your favorite place to ride for fun? You know, I I really like Lebanon Hills mm-hmm. a lot. I like the Minnesota River Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a route that goes up the High Bridge mm-hmm. and through Mendota Heights. Yep. That's fun. Comes back through Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and you can add on to it if you want. Yeah. And, subtract if you want mm-hmm. um, those are definitely three big yeah places what's your bike fleet look like your personal fleet oh it's probably embarrassingly large <laughs> but I do have an electric bike um, and I do have a cargo bike a surly big dummy mm-hmm. and I've got a fancy road bike and a fat bike nice and a dual suspension mountain bike wow which so. so it sounds like based on the fact that you go off road a fair amount, I suppose it's your mountain bike that you ride most frequently, huh? Well, it depends on the time of year. Sure. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah, and how much time I have. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I I got a fat bike five or six, well, seven or eight years ago now, and I absolutely love it. It's one of those yeah. things where I was getting super tired of the Minnesota winter, and it got me outside again. Yep. And yeah, so I I love my love my fat bike yeah same here that was a fun sort of innovation when those when those started to become really popular and it's amazing how fast they took off yes you know it was really yes. a couple of years when they were sort of you know these weird franken bikes and then they just exploded on the scene and everybody seemed like has one in town yeah 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 the sales for those went real high and then kind of uh went off the edge yep. and plummeted back down yep and then the pandemic kind of raised the interest up again. Sure. And now we can't get them. So I'm not even sure what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, you can't win. <laughs> and and so where have you been able to ride outside of the Twin Cities that's been memorable for you, you know, in your own riding experience? Uh, well, when I didn't have kids around, I used to go out west for two weeks every summer and ride in the mountains Hmm. um and then now i go shawamigan um fun so do you have any rides on your bucket list you know i've always wanted to do the continental divide trail wow now maybe not the whole well back when i was more ambitious i wanted to do the whole thing but realistically (laughs) i just want to do parts of it yeah yeah. It seems like it was one of the, it's one of those things that you could take in chunks yes. and have it be a multi-year adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So as as you think back on on your career and you know thinking about kids coming out of McAllister, what advice would you give them if they were thinking about starting their own business? Oh wow. You know, I guess the big thing is doing something you are interested in will help immensely. So when you're sitting there at 
10 o'clock at night trying to figure something out mm -hmm. and you have no one else to go to or you just have to put in the time to keep the thing going uh, it really really helps to have a product or a vision or a service that you love doing mm -hmm. cool well dave it's been great to talk to you yeah thanks Thank, a lot for yeah. having me this is this is a lot of fun it's fun to reminisce yeah. about the good old days of McAllister <laughs> and uh, you know I, I have a ton of respect for your ability to, to build this business and keep it going for 30 years that's a that's a pretty oh, rare thank you. yeah you should be very proud thanks all right and so before we uh, sign off how do we connect people with the bicycle chain where do we send people to get more information about the business uh, you can go to bicyclechain.com and we have uh, links to social media and email and yeah. Fantastic. Thanks, yeah. Dave. Great to talk to you. All right. Thanks, Jason. All right. Thank you again to Dave Bull for sitting down to chat. Uh, it was great to catch up with an old classmate and uh, talk a little bit about his business. Thrilled to have uh, 30 years of the bicycle chain supporting uh, Twin City cyclists. Check them out at bicyclechain.com.